0: No days,
1: introducing the original blood clad podcast not players Soothing Semantics Special dedication, all the way from New York Boom, oh. yeah man, S W O T, semantic, ot Semantics Yeah man now, bum, soothing Semantics Yeah man big ups to the man now, soothing Semantics
0: Another day of the soothing semantics podcast. I'm your host Rafi Pinsky. Today on the show we have Larissa. How's it going, Larissa?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Kind of hot, but good.
0: Okay. <laughs> you prefer to you prefer to go to a snow day?
1: <laughs> I would right about now because it's been really hot in Florida. So I will definitely take just one snow day. I don't need a lot of snow days. It's like
0: forbidden from the last. But time. I'll take
1: one. I'm very good I remembering my own words. <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: so you know what we'll just tell them we started doing like five minutes of recording and then i realized the camera wasn't recording so we're like all right we're just doing this we're doing this over <laughs> so basically yeah i mean i would go back i would go back to new york for a couple of days but like i said <laughs> five minutes earlier i'm not i'm not gonna sit there and scratch off my car i'll take the hot weather any day
1: and honestly i wouldn't either just because i've lived in new york and i've gone through the cold and i literally i'm only asking for one day like just one day just one day.
0: You can pay for that at this point. You can literally you can go to your house and just pay you can you know, I don't know, drop some snow are on your you balcony. Serious? You can pay anyone to do anything these days.
1: Okay, you have a point. Sit on your I balcony didn't think about that. Sit
0: on your balcony, have someone bring a snowblower, put on a snow jacket. You seem like the type that would go out of your way to do that. If you really you feel really so
1: right about that if you were really
0: in in that like if you were really in that zone and you needed it you can pay somebody to do it, they'll do it.
1: But this is my yeah. issue though. New York is a vibe, okay? Mm. It's a winter vibe that no matter how much snow blowing you have in Florida, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. It's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to like blow snow over here in my bathroom. That's going <laughs> to literally melt in less than five minutes. I don't know we're even talking about this. <laughs> because of the heat and it's going to be done. Like, no, yeah. I will go back to New York in the wintertime for it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you don't actually do that. <laughs>
1: I just came back from it, so trust me, I probably will. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love going to New York for short periods of time.
0: It's so different than when you grow up there. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've spoken about New York on my first episode. I'm going to talk about it more. My friends are probably like, we get it, dude. You moved to Florida. Congratulations. <laughs> I love New York. I do. All right? I like Florida. I like New York. I'm not hating on it. It's nice to visit, and I'm going to go back. Definitely, I want to go back in the time because it's nice. It is nice. And it's different when you go
1: back as a tourist. And not as someone that lives there. Like for example, for me, Florida, it's where I live, it's not where I wanna play. You know, everybody comes to South Florida, they're like, oh my God, the beaches mm-hmm. and oh my God, South Beach and Miami Beach and Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, nah, girl, do you know the traffic that it's like driving through these places during the week when you have to work, even though quarantine? Is worse. New and York, I don't traffic, drive.
0: Right you don't drive
1: no i take the subway
0: oh new york that's true
1: i love the subway there is subways which there's none here you know here if you don't drive your life sucks because if you if you're literally just standing at a bus stop you're a weird person or they think you're homeless
0: that's so true yeah that's so accurate (laughs) that's what i thought when i moved here i'm like why don't they have cars do they, have, do they have a home? Do they have a bed to sleep Immediately, in?
1: Immediately, your brain just switches. Because everyone
0: has a car here. You yeah. can't, the transportation here is terrible.
1: And in to- New York, you see people driving, you're like, you're a moron. Why don't you just take the subway? It's so it's much so faster. It's so
0: funny. It's the exact opposite. Like, it That's takes so you so
1: much longer to drive to get somewhere than if you just take the train. Jump from the Q to the R to the 1, 2, 3. You know, go to Penn Station, Grand Central. Uh, Metro North. I love, love going up north.
0: You have a totally different different experience. I lived and breathed this for exactly. my entire <laughs> life. I, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. You have to appreciate it because you can get from one part of the city oh, yeah. to the other 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I mean, depending on where you go, but like max an hour and a half and you're pretty much – it's unbelievable.
1: Exactly. But like I said, it's a matter of perspective. For you, it's different because you grew up there. So mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm sick and tired of this. I love it, but I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. For me, Florida was always like – since I moved here, he was like, yeah, this is great, but not. I have to drive everywhere. But I mean, You would
0: leave if you could? Like you would move to New York?
1: Honestly, it's going to sound like such a weird answer. But for me, if I had zero interest in raising a family and having kids and all this family ideals that I have, I would totally live in New York. Just work 24-7 and blow money. Like, that's what I think about when I think about, like, if I would live in New York. Because to me, the amount of dough that you have to spend to be able to kind of keep a nice life Mm -hmm. is so much more than down here. True. Down here, rent is not $2,000. The cost of living. Well, the
0: cost of living is much lower. Did you have, how was the subway system in Brazil? Uh... They have one?
1: Yes. So I'm from Rio. Okay. Uh, and like we talked about five minutes ago, right. uh, I was born in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, I, said, I said it right
0: the last time. I'm going to say it right again. Hold on. Give me a minute. Uh, do it again. Rio. Like Rio. 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 Rio G Janeiro. Very good. Rio G Janeiro. Janeiro. Janeiro.
1: Very good. That was G-Ganero. even better than the first time. There you
0: go. <laughs> then this recording is better than the last one. See that? <laughs> Guys, do it twice, sometimes three times. It always works out. So if you got to do it a hundred times, um, no, no. but we, listen, we both have things to do. So luckily, luckily we caught it five minutes in. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So,
1: so in Rio, yes, we have subways, we have trains, mm-hmm. we have taxis, we have buses. So, so to me, when I went to New York for college, which is where I went to college, where I graduated from, it was so at home. It just felt at home to what I grew up in subway system, just even the warmth, because people in Florida, they or a lot of other States. They're like, Oh, New Yorkers are rude. And I'm like, no, they're practical. Stop trying to talk to them during rush hour when they have shit to do. Like it is so unreasonable for you to expect them to literally stop because I feel that there, you appreciate so much more the fact that time is money.
0: In a sense, I, I can counter that. And I hear what you're saying because people are so focused on, on maximizing time as far as work is concerned. But I also think that hardworking Floridians, because there are hardworking Floridians. Oh, absolutely. They know how to take time off of work and chill. Whereas New Yorkers are always on the move. See, so, I had a
1: different, I think, once again, it goes back to experience. For mm-hmm. me. I just always had such a good time going to New York, even when I was living there. I remember graduating and I was walking around in the subway. Everybody would stop and congratulate me that I was graduating. There was this person that yelled out from the like 10th floor of a building. Congratulations, which if you ask for me for graduating because I was walking around my cap and gown. Oh, I was going towards Madison Square Garden because that's, that's, that's awesome. where my graduation was. That's awesome. And here I never got that. And not only that, if you stop somebody to ask for directions here, people are like, put it on Google, like Waze or whatever else. I don't have time. Which, yes, they know how to vacation here because this is a vacation state. Mm -hmm. But I feel as far as the warmth of people living life, I get that a lot more when I'm in New York just because you see more people and you have so many more interactions during your day. Than personally for me in Florida, I mean, there are other people that because of their job or if you live in Miami, even because Miami, there's a lot more foot traffic than Palm Beach County, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just a different vibe. And when I went to college there, it reminded me of Rio because of that. It reminded me of the warmth and going into the subway. Definitely safer, though, because unfortunately, where I grew up, it was just a dangerous place to be. You know, And part of the reason why my family decided to migrate to the U.S. was the violence. It was just, and I vividly remember the last day of school, and I think I was in the fourth grade. And usually the last day, we'll go to school to play soccer. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, it was crazy because I woke up, my mom was like, oh, do you want to go to school? And I was like, no, I don't think I want to play soccer today because I used to play a lot. Um, when I was in elementary school and that day uh, my bus stop was in the front of a police station and the group that controlled the drug point for that area blew up that police station with grenades. Holy shit. So yeah, You don't
0: see that in New York exactly. or Florida. That's just not a thing. That would be on the news for years. Exactly. It's not a common... No, it doesn't happen.
1: So to me that was one of the the moments that looking back at it, it justified 16 years of being undocumented in America from, you know, just continuing to live in an environment that literally drives your cortisol levels to be high 24-7. And the sad part is that's so common that it becomes your norm. That feeling of apprehension and fear becomes your daily living you're constantly worried you if you walk in the street your purse is always to the front you don't really check your phones in the street you know how like people cross the street on their phone stupid or when thing you are, are well absolutely but aside <laughs> from that <laughs> you're in the mall and you're on your phone you know you're in the supermarket and you're on your phone you can't do that there because you're almost like 95.555599999% chance they are going to get robbed. That's like the statistic. That,
0: it's that high.
1: It's that high. Damn. My aunt has gone through so, like, I don't even know how many cell phones. And one time she was in the bus and her window was open and somebody just literally just snatched. I
0: saw that, by the way. <laughs> I saw a documentary on pickpocketers in Brazil. And they're the real MVPs.
1: I'm going to tell you, they are talented. They got skills. (laughs) Yes.
0: I saw that. I saw a video like you're telling me. I saw this happen. Somebody's on a bus. The window's open. They have their phone. Or it was either a phone or a pair of headphones. Some kid just jumps up and just snatches it and runs away. And I was like,
1: whoa. They're ninjas. Crazy. And you don't even hear them coming.
0: I feel like they practice in their room. They absolutely Like They they jump and they go (laughs) like this.
1: It's like (laughs) basketball practice. You know, and... It was just nuts because that's what I grew up with. And when you're a child and you get literally conditioned to that kind of situation, you and you get out of it later. You put so many other things in context, like, oh my god, how? How is this the norm? You know? So I lived in Brazil until I was eleven. I grew up in one of the toughest favelas there is in Rio, which is a Complexo do Alemão. I couldn't go outside to play. I couldn't really go outside by myself. And it was it was hard, like to be quite honest. But my parents and my family did a very good job at still providing as a childhood. I mean, Brazilian culture, you're super tight. So we're always at my grandma's house. I was always with my cousins. We were always eating together, birthdays are together. My mom is actually a, um, she has a master's in chemistry. So she was a professor at one of the top it, like universities in Rio. And my dad worked very, very hard. So they always try to provide us the best in the conditions that we were in. So when we came here, it was like, we're going to go to Disney. And I was like, "Oh my God, Disney!" Right? Which, by the way, I didn't go to Disney until seventeen. I
0: went. I went the first time at eighteen. So <laughs> that was my first time on a plane, by the way.
1: So you get it.
0: Yeah, and it was still incredible for me. Like I was, I was eighteen years old, and I was like, "Wow, look
1: at this!" It was I magical. Went, I went with
0: my friend and, and my friend, his brother, and and his parents, and I felt like a six year old. Yes, it was incredible. I loved it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and it's funny because the second time around, it was not as magical, because the second time I went to Disney. Was with my I was graduating from law school, and my family was visiting to go to my graduation from Brazil. And I was like, "Oh, let's go to Disney because they've never been." And after I was done, I was like, "I'm not coming here until I have a seven year old that can get lost and find its way back home because this is nuts." Right. (laughs) um, I'm an immigration attorney, so that,
0: that makes sense.
1: Being in that field, coming from the background that I came from, it's just mind-blowing and even what you said about the media i think back when my family came all you really had was movies you know movies about america all the movies were here so you have this idea of what american life is from the movies you have the mom the dad the big brother the little sister the golden retriever like we talked about before the Mm -hmm. white picket fence that's what movies used to show Mm -hmm. and okay like you could still kind of rationalize it's just a movie. But nowadays with the media w- like what it has become, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, I mean, LinkedIn, you have all these people that get to express be it not the truth, their perspective of what whatever is. And People are almost desensitized to thinking, well, but this is only what they're showing. You don't really know what they're going through their day to day.
0: I say this all the time, by the way.
1: And it's insane because I feel like 2020 has showed us this the most about almost the damage that social media does and the media in general.
0: Fucking accurate. You I, know? I just want to add to this <laughs> so accurate. And I think relationships are suffering from this because. Oh, absolutely. Say you have Bill and Jill. And they're doing all right financially. They're living a they're living a nice life. They have a lot of things to be happy for. But then they see, you know, Juanita and Hidalgo. I'm just coming up with <laughs> random ass names. And Juanita and Hidalgo are going on vacation after vacation. Juanita's fit as hell. Uh, Hidalgo's fit as hell. They're they're going on all these trips. They're he's holding her up and carrying her on his shoulders, and they're on these lakes and ponds and kayaking and this and that. Yes. And Bill and Jill are just like, damn it, why we just we can't do that. Meanwhile, Juanita and Hidalgo like
1: hate each other.
0: Hate each other. They're <laughs> at like the brink of breakup. But they've already posted eight hundred pictures on Instagram, and they just gotta keep it going because, like, what happens if they break up? Yes, and like people are like it can't be; it's too perfect. It's not necessarily like it's that. Not. It's not. Ne- it's, it's So, what I mean is, people with awesome Instagrams, people who are dating with all, that, doesn't mean they're going; things are going badly. Right, but. It doesn't also mean doesn't mean they're perfect. Exactly. So people are, it's such a competitive yes. thing. Right? And, then, <laughs> and just it's shut exhausting. it up. Just shut that shit off and go live your life. It Straight up. It is so exhausting. You don't have to compete. You just go on your vacation. You want to post pictures, do it. I'm not knocking on people yeah, posting pictures. Course. Do whatever the fuck you want. But don't assume that their life is better than yours just because they're yes. better at Instagram. Like maybe you just don't know how to make an Instagram sexy. having
1: haven't figured out the algorithm. Who cares? <laughs>
0: And it, and like I and I'll admit like sometimes I'll look and I'll see like this this dude's Instagram is got like five hundred thousand followers and he's like you know he's doing this and this and this and that and I'm like I'll look, I'll look for a second and be like oh that'd be kind of cool if I and then I'm like shut up Rafi like your fucking life is fine dude like go do what you need to do yes and it's so many people I feel like have that I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so much I don't think about it that often but when I do I'm, it it really it's makes so me think
1: real like it's oh, such a yeah. real issue because. Like I said, when my family came, actually, like, let me date myself. You know, back when I graduated from high school, I was 17. So well over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have this problem with social media. Because Facebook did not even exist. We have MySpace, Okay. And even then, it wasn't something that you were rubbing your life into everybody's face. It was so much
0: smaller of a thing.
1: No, you're just posting stupid reposts about, you know, figuring out if your best friend is really your best friend in case they know what's in your fridge. (laughs) It was so basic. And and it was almost harmless at that point, you know. Mm -hmm. But then today, there's this pressure. And I was talking to someone the other day. And they're like... Larissa, do you care about your social media? And I was like, honestly, for my business, because I own my own firm, my Mm -hmm. own law firm, for my business and for the market that we are in today, I have to care. I have to put out... Marketing. I have to put out research. I have to put out information. I have to put out content. I have to. You
0: have to. It you is to. the
1: you know it's the nature of the beast. You have
0: to stay relevant as much as you don't want to. Exactly. Same with me.
1: With, with the
0: podcast, you have to. And at the end of the day, there's a beauty to that. But you can't get sucked in. You cannot. You have to like. For me, I'm going to speak for myself here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I I know you agree, <laughs> but like it's do it to maximize your bill. Oh, I'm not telling anyone what you want to do. Do whatever the hell you want. For me, Matt, for me, I don't care to have a big following on Instagram. I care to have one if it can benefit my business. Right. If it can get me what I need it to do for me. Right. But as far as just getting the attention, as far as just having cool pictures and all that. Yes. I couldn't care less. Nope. Right? So if I didn't need to have that Instagram or I didn't need to have that facebook account i wouldn't have it i wouldn't have it exactly same
1: absolutely and I, and I was explaining to somebody i was like you know
0: you just you just kept me hanging
1: from <laughs> 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 i literally for a second i thought about standing up and i was like no social distance i'm not going to get that close here <laughs> 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 but i was telling them honestly for business purposes i have to do it and it's funny because my uh, one of the members of my team anna she knows that i hate doing like the posting thing and every now and then when i have to do a picture about something that's going on in the office i'm like anna it's that time and she's like it's okay you know we have like it's okay And i'm like i know but i uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like come on <laughs> um but then as far as like my personal page listen I have tons of pictures tons but i even was explaining to this friend of mine and i was like the reason why i do it has nothing to do with the attention that i get from it because i don't care how many likes i get at the end of the day when i look at that picture i'm not going to cry if a hundred people didn't like it mm-hmm. or if this person or that person because i literally specifically my instagram i see it as a footprint so that I can show my kids later on. Like mm. literally an album of pictures of different stages of my life. That I can show it to my kids, grandkids later. About where their grandma was in her life. Regardless of how many likes. Regardless of who saw it. Regardless of the comments. Because my identity as a human being is not attached to the likes of my Instagram page.
0: You can't lose that way. With that exactly. With that mindset you can't lose.
1: You know because then you're mm-hmm. so detached from... Oh, my God, I wonder who saw my stories. Oh, how many people reacted or how many people liked it or how much this or even the need. Like I have a need to post. I have. No, I don't have a need to post Mm -hmm. at all. I could literally go weeks without posting a picture or without having to add a story. I don't care. And the people that I care about their quote unquote opinion I will ask them for it. Uh, the people that I might even considering like caring about their validation for my actions, I will sit down and talk to them face to face, eye to eye, and I don't need to send subliminal messages through my you know what I mean? It's just damn straight. It's okay to not do it. Yeah. It's okay to be a real person with real feelings.
0: You're gonna hurt. You're gonna hurt a lot of feelings today. Oh, that's listen.
1: Good. <laughs> and if you ask my friends,
0: do it, do it. I'm the type of
1: person it. that listen. I will never do anything to purposely hurt somebody. But at the same time, if you ask me for the truth, I'ma tell you my version because that's the only thing I have. I respect and I consider what others tell me and how others feel. But at the same time, if it doesn't make sense for me in my day-to-day life, I'm like, sorry, bro, I I don't have to live according to that. I don't have to fill this box. And that is actually something that I had to learn being an immigrant in this country. Because I was an immigrant. I was undocumented. I was a female. Mm -hmm. I mean, you check all those minority boxes and you have to figure out how to step out of the box. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through school and I got to my senior year and I was battalion captain of one of the top, you know, naval, uh, naval ROTC units of the country, I was on the top of my class. You cannot wait for an opportunity. You just cannot. You literally, unless you prepare yourself even if so-called opportunity was in your face, you wouldn't be able to use it. You wouldn't be able to enjoy it. You wouldn't be able to grasp it because you have no idea what to do with it because you have not prepared yourself for it. And at 17, I was so mad. I was so angry. And one of the reasons why I decided to be an attorney was because when we first got here, We were going to apply for asylum because of a specific case that my dad had back in Brazil that involved the federal police and all this stuff. But we had an attorney who was licensed, but didn't care about people, took our money, didn't file our case. And here we are, undocumented, no papers, no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We're stuck in the situation. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was 16, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be an immigration attorney. So in my power, what can I do to achieve that goal? And I will never forget it. I was talking to my counselor. And in the immigrant community, a lot of people are like, don't talk about your status. Don't tell people what you are, who you are, because you feel ashamed. You feel ashamed of being undocumented. You feel ashamed of your story. And I remember I was like, I don't care. This is a fact. I don't have a green card. I am not a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. I am. I don't have a social security number, but those things do not make me any less of a human being than what I am. Of course. Mm-hmm. So I remember talking to my counselor. I was like, I don't have a social. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I don't have papers. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I need help. And she literally sat there with me and shout out to Ms. Kessler. Uh, because she was just one of the best things that happened to me as a teenager, and especially at that juncture of my life, along with Dr. McKee, uh, Commander Bingham, Chief Morales. They were such a driving force in my school environment to validate the fact that I was still human regardless of my status. And she went in. She looked for every single scholarship that did not require a social security number, which most people don't even know they exist.
0: She went above and beyond.
1: Completely above and beyond. But this is the thing. Had I not told her, there was no way for me to receive that opportunity, right? For me to take that.
0: So often people don't want to go that extra. They don't want to take that leap because they're embarrassed of what other people might think. Exactly. you You just were like, screw it you push past that wall and you're like because i need to get certain things done absolutely i'd rather just be honest and straightforward and get what i need and cut out all the bullshit and you did that and look where it got you
1: absolutely and that's the thing people sometimes think that bullshitting will get you what you need or less embarrassment embarrassment the feeling of embarrassment is up to you not to others like you are the one that feel embarrassed Mm -hmm. but why are you feeling embarrassed why are you feeling ashamed once you deal with that the truth is so much easier because Mm -hmm. literally the truth will set you free like straight up you know and i remember she did all the research i literally got every single one of those scholarships wow and then she came up to me and she's like larissa there's a school in new york it's a private school and I think you should go to their open house. They're going to be down here in Florida why don't to talk to them. And I'm like, in my head at 17, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this. Like, why am I going to go do this? Why am I going to go there? Because it's a private school. I probably not going to have enough money to like pay for it. All these things. But because of what my dad ingrained in me, it was just like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. You didn't. You, you have nothing to lose at that point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, please. It, it, you literally get to that point that either shit or get off the pot, you know, just, just do it. So I went and I remember watching the presentation and it was the owner of the school, the president of the school and the vice president. And they did this whole entire presentation. And afterwards, I went up to the president and the vice president. I was like, this is my resume. Uh, I'm not a U.S. citizen. I don't have a green card. I don't have a social. You just
0: went up there and told her. Oh, to-
1: completely. And I was like, and I'm not sure I even have the money to pay to attend your school. But here's my resume. So now you have everything. And you I remember. You're shocked,
0: by the way, because most American <laughs> students, they have like 10 times more qualifications. You know, they're citizens. Their dad was, 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 you know, an alumni or whatever it is. And they have this and they have this and they have that. And you're just like, listen, listen, dude.
1: Exactly. This is what I don't got
0: this is what i do
1: okay <laughs>
0: here's the resume i'm gonna get into this school look at it and they're like shit you know and then they hear the backstory probably the the you know the whole i mean did you did today i'm sure you told. at that
1: point i didn't tell them i just told them like straight I up i don't just laid out later i was on. just like listen i don't have papers i probably can't pay but here i am because i have nothing to lose mm. and they saw i mean like I said, for a 17-year-old, pretty accomplished in seven years in America. Even from, even from middle school, I had already won presidential awards and things like that. And my dad was always, always so strict about, you need to learn English. And then you need to learn every other language that you can learn.
0: You speak more than, more than two? Yes. What else do you speak?
1: I speak fluent Spanish, and then Portuguese, English, Spanish, and I can read and understand Italian and French. Wow you I haven't learned... had enough like practice speaking as much, mm-hmm. but I understand it pretty well Wow,
0: yeah, for me, it's just Hebrew and English
1: uh Hebrew is very hard, yeah, so that not... already counts for a lot for sure <laughs> I mean it's not
0: perfect because I learned it and i I grew up in a Jewish private school, so mm-hmm. i I knew how to read and write kind of the older Hebrew kind yeah. of the biblical Hebrew, so it helped me tremendously when it came to learning it, but a lot of American Jews don't speak the actual language. No, they don't. So when you so when I went to Israel and I joined the army there, I pretty much didn't know shit. So I learned the whole language in Immersed. year. Immersed, right? I mean, they just <laughs> shove it down your throat. So I'm not a hundred percent perfect with it, but I can easy. It's good. Like I can say I'm bilingual, you know. And it's like, and it, but and you re, by the way, you realize how much a difference it makes when you speak at least two languages. Your brain is different. Oh, All the you way that
1: your brain functions mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. is just different, and I think it even affects how you interact with the world around you because when you immerse yourself in the language, it's not just the language, it's the culture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: it completely opens your horizon for like, oh my God, my bubble is not the only bubble in the universe. Mind blown.
0: Right. And then, you're, and then you learn more and you can learn more languages easier. Yes. It's easier to learn more languages. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, your brain takes a shift. It's a very, it's so cool that you know all these languages.
1: Especially because all of these languages were Latin based.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, because the Latin base, and because I knew the Portuguese first, it is so much easier to learn Spanish, French, and Italian once you learn Portuguese. They
0: all kind of intertwine. The roots. Right, right, right. The root is very, very, very similar. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. So that was like super, super easy. Um, And my dad was like, "Listen, you need to speak these languages because in the future, this will make you so much more marketable." Like, that's what you want. And
0: he was right. I'm, I, that's no question. Oh, absolutely. I wish. See, Spanish, I, I really need to learn,
1: especially well, you're, here. I was about to say, you're down here now. You, you were, yeah. You're you going to learn it. Yeah. You mean, have no choice, almost.
0: You know what, though? <laughs> if I'm really stubborn and lazy, I can easily go without it. Well, but if, yeah. I, if I get out there, especially because the people I work with now, a lot of them speak Spanish, I mean, I have no excuse. So I should at least have a solid idea of it.
1: And being in Miami, mm-hmm. and I think you don't seem like the lazy type.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm, def- I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> not. I can gladly say that. No. So
1: honestly, you're going to see the benefit. It's just so beneficial because when I moved here from Brazil, Spanish was my second language. That was the, the second language that I learned because we used to live in California, and in California, you either speak Spanish or you speak like Spanglish. You know, so...
0: Like everyone, every Spanish person in America, pretty much.
1: No, no, but in California, yeah, it's like, listen, you need to speak Spanish in California, because it's California. Everybody speaks Spanish there, and I remember that was the first language that I learned in school, even, and it's not because it was taught, it was just because I was in uh, Esau classes, English second language, mm-hmm. and everybody there spoke Spanish. Home, you know, people from Honduras, people from Guatemala, like everybody spoke Spanish. And because I spoke Portuguese, it was just the natural progression. So in six months, my brother and I, we spoke Spanish and English because it was just what we did all the time because Mm -hmm. of school and because of our friends. And Portuguese, we didn't speak that much Portuguese aside from our parents and some friends because at that time, there were not that many Brazilians in LA. Now, there's way more Brazilians in Southern California. But at that time, it just wasn't. So we had to speak Spanish a lot more. And then the English, of course, because you're America. And then everything else came once I moved to Florida. So let me see. By the, Yeah, by the time I graduated, I had acquired the Italian and the French. And I love, by the way, I love Italian and French mm-hmm. way more than I love Portuguese.
0: My roommate's French, actually. Uh, yeah.
1: I love... It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah very cool.
0: <laughs> I wish I spoke Italian. Unfortunately, my father's Italian. I never met him, but uh, I mean, I, I don't. He's not off the boat Italian. He's an American Italian, so okay. he probably doesn't speak it either, as far <laughs> as I know. But uh, I would love to know that language. It's so cool.
1: No, it is. It's absolutely beautiful, and there's nothing more than I love than like going to a little Italian restaurant, you know, Mom and Pops, and somebody's playing like playing the little piano and then singing in Italian.
0: Ah, <sighs> <The> portobello. Exactly. <laughs> portobello mushroom, and you, oh, the put and the pizza and the sauce in the da. And you're just like, It's the
1: beat. It's so soothing. Ah, oh, it's great. It is so soothing.
0: Unless, you know? unless you have the short, chubby Italian guy with the mustache, and he's, he gets upset.
1: Well, unless you're talking about Sopranos and they're like yelling at oh, each my other because they're mad.
0: show? And... Did you saw the whole thing? <laughs> saw the whole thing? You didn't see the whole thing? But, but you have to watch the whole, ep- you got to watch the whole show.
1: Listen, Okay. I just recently started because when I first got here, I used to watch Friends and Seinfeld because that's how I learned English. Oh, from those? Yes. Okay. I would only watch this one soap opera in Spanish because it was Brazilian and I didn't get to watch it in Brazil because my mom wouldn't let us watch it. So I was like, haha, now I'm in America. I get to watch it. <laughs> uh But everything else was. Friends, Seinfeld, and Frasier, and that's how I learn English. Interesting. It's pretty much all New York English, by the way, uh, which I think is where my love for New York started.
0: It's very so. New York English is known across the war of the world. Yeah, I, mine isn't so thick. It's not. Some people. It depends on the words I say. But. Say coffee. Uh, yeah, coffee. Coffee, <laughs> walk, dog. Yeah, I don't say yeah. coffee and, and talk. I say talk. <laughs> so it's n- it's not like really thick. Look, like, I don't talk like this. But like it's it, it definitely has. I try to refine it. My grandmother has the thickest accent. She's going to watch this episode.
1: She's going to watch this episode. <laughs> she has a
0: classic Brooklyn voice. She says like. You got to go get the pizza. You Where you going? And she, they, I love it. And like everyone that comes over is like, she has the thickest accent and she's a tough, tough little woman with that New York attitude. And she just says anything that's on her mind. And
1: doesn't that's get... why I love New uh, York. Yeah, yeah. So that's,
0: no, that's something I'll always love about New York. The straightforwardness. I'm, I brought that down with me. That doesn't stay there. Like I'm not, that doesn't stay in New York. That it cannot. No it way. cannot. It helps.
1: Especially living in Florida. Like you have, it goes back to originality and getting out of the box. Mm-hmm. If that's part of who you are and it's something that's not harming you, it's not harming others, mm-hmm. why change it to fit into what everybody else is doing? Everybody else is already doing it. Why do you need to do it too?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's... there's you also, know what I mean? I agree. And there's also... There are so many New Yorkers that, that move here anyway. Oh, yeah. So that that's why the driving is insane because you have like...
1: I didn't want to say it, but yes. Yeah,
0: I think it's... <laughs> I I, and everyone has different speculations, but I think it's Miami drivers are stupid drivers, New York drivers are crazy, but not I don't think New Yorkers are bad drivers, I think they're just nuts.
1: They're crazy, and then
0: Miami drivers just don't know how to drive. So, I mean, this is just a weird speculation, especially for rains. I mean, it's just terrible
1: when it rains, it's like everybody forgets how to drive. (laughs) It's like it is just water, guys. If you just slow down a bit and pay attention to your surroundings, there should not be this kind of traffic jam.
0: Yeah, people bug. Like at all. And no blinkers. I am not an angry driver. I don't have road rage. But fuck. Put your blinker on. They don't do it. Like I'm driving (laughs) on the highway 70 miles an hour. and, And I love throwing out random names. And I always end up throwing out white guy names. But like Stephen, Theodore... Just juts into the, just the r- drives in. <laughs> yeah, he just flies into, merges into my lane. Doesn't put on a blinker, and he's like, "nee and I'm just like, "Dude," you know. Yeah. And, they, and then he just goes on with his day. Like, put on the blinker. It's and they ha- literally half of the drivers here don't. Go oh, out. but it happens it drives all the me time. Nuts. Yeah. Well, what about in football? Fa- well, in favelas. Did they
1: in favelas? You don't have that kind of problem because first of all, it's not every favela that you can even drive into <laughs> because the roads are too I tight. Really, I
0: really, I'll be honest though, I really wanna, I really want to go to one.
1: Okay, so you can go to Vigigal, which is one that's more kind of touristy now. So it's not as crazy.
0: I really can't go to the one you're from. Like, they'll sniff me out and be like, yo, he's not. You just can't talk. Right. It's like, I can something. take
1: you because my... I just have to look
0: scary enough, really.
1: No, no. First of all, okay. the chain that you're wearing right now cannot wear that. Oh, that I know. Yeah. Uh, the shirt that you're wearing, the jeans that you're wearing, the shoes that you're wearing, you cannot wear that.
0: Okay, so here's one thing. <laughs> I just want to say... I grew up in New York. I didn't grow up in a particularly poor neighborhood. Mm -hmm. My grandmother and I, we did not have money, just to be very clear. But I understand these things. I didn't grow up in a sheltered little environment. I've been to Israel. You know, I'm in the military. You, You learn these things. You understand... That you the can't just social, the social norms exactly. of the environment. I'm no. I'm not going to walk into a poorer neighborhood or more dangerous neighborhood with a necklace. I'm going to walk in with very subtle clothing. Exactly. I'm not going to look around like I'm a tourist no. with a camera. Exactly. You walk there like you live there. You you, you, you yeah. literally
1: have to walk there yes. like you own the place. Yes. And it's funny because people used to tell me like, "Theresa, you're me mugging all the time." And I was like, first of all." Don't need that attitude. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) when you grew up in a place like that, you know that you need to walk as if you got it all together. Mm -hmm. And they have to be more afraid to approach you than you are of walking where you're walking. And it was the same thing when I lived in New York. There are certain areas that I went to that literally I walked and you would think that I was six feet tall because that is the vibe that is the attitude
0: there are bad neighborhoods in new york
1: exactly and it's it till this day whenever i go back to brazil it's almost like instantaneously when i enter the like aerial space Mm -hmm. something just clicks and it's like nope not today not today not today.
0: You, I'm going to put it back there. I don't know what kind of background music I'm putting in the back there, but I'm putting something back there. You, you walk in, as soon as you get through the border of the favela, you, there's just this background music. Like three Brazilian guys just have these speakers. So they're blasting like this hardcore shit, and you're like...
1: Literally. No, there's this perfect song, which is call, literally called Made in Favela. And that's literally you just what did, I... You're you you just set,
0: you're setting that Made in Favela? Yeah. Okay, we're good. We're set. And
1: he's literally... It, People don't understand that half the battle is your demeanor, and and by the way, this goes to anything oh, in yeah. life.
0: Oh yeah, because it's it's about perception and like first impression. It's oh yeah, like if you are you claim to be some serious businessman that develops massive property, you know, you build these you know skyscrapers and you show up wearing sh- a shirt with flowers on it, and I mean, I guess at that point you can do whatever you want, but perception is important. So I don't think it's a, it's a I don't think. And, and I let me just finish this. I don't think it's about faking something. Nope. But you find that inner that inner I guess lion or lioness when you listen, need to. I find
1: that inner gangster in me whenever yeah. I need to. Fuck yeah. Like straight up. Fuck Actually yeah. on my way here, I was in my car and ninety-five was backed up because there was literally a warning saying wrong way driver reported.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Be> <laughs> Miami. <careful>. Miami. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I had to get off the highway and go through the industries to be back on 95 and as i was driving i'm passing by these this Lowe's, mm-hmm. and this guy getting off of Lowe's try to cut me off hell no and i literally no. put like i braked right in front of him and he's like starting to yell at me and i kid you not i looked at him rolled down my window and i was like what's good bro <laughs> what is what do you want i'll get out of this car right now what'd he say what'd he say he closed his window and shut up. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Because this is the thing. Listen, it's not even a fake thing. I could take him down because I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But we're gonna so get into that. I know. We're gonna get into that. We're
0: gonna get into that. There's a lot. We have stuff to talk about. But by the way, real quick though, yeah. Just, but hold your thought. Uh-huh. You got your thought? Okay. So for me though, like, there have been times I've been really pissed on the road, but I don't know when. I, when I have like a serious like a situation where like I don't know, I cut someone over, someone cuts me off, I'm just like. Eh. I don't know, like, I kind of just shrug it off.
1: It's different, bro, because it was a red light, and I was stopped, and this meant, like I said, today has been a long day, I've had had so many clients, and this guy literally is looking at me, trying to mouth off to me, Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, I'm going to call your boyfriend, and I'm like, you don't need to call my boyfriend, please hold, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to get down from my heels, I'm going to beat your ass with my heels on, you know, Because it's like, at that point, you're mad disrespectful. When people cut me off, I'm like, honestly, I don't care. You probably have something in your mind. Something's going on. And I have my things going on, too. But don't try to talk down to me. And just because I'm a chick in a car, you try to, I'm going to call your boyfriend. I'm going to call your mama, okay? (laughs) That's who I'm going to call. Because I don't think you speak to her like that, and if she does, we gotta handle this right now.
0: I feel like the guy in the car right now. <laughs> listen, I mean, take it, take it easy, Larissa. I don't mean any harm." <laughs> You're like, and I'm like mm-hmm.
1: But that's the thing. It's not even a matter of faking it. It's like, listen, I'm a very I'm a very balanced person, mm-hmm. and I hate losing my temper mm-hmm. because I know how aggressive I can get. If I let myself get there, mm-hmm. and I also understand that as far as tempers concern and choices, it's always my decision of how far I'm gonna go. So it's not really a matter of like you are making me angry; it's I'm allowing you to get me out of my zone. And today I was like, bro, I'm allowing you to get me out of my zone right now because you just said that because I'm a chick, you're gonna call my boyfriend to put me on check. Please hold. I got
0: this. You're like, I'll do this myself. Please hold. Is that what got you? Into, is that what got you into jujitsu? Kind of that you kind of just wanted that outlet. Because for me, that's what it is. Because I'm I'm a calm person, but I do I do find enjoyment in the aggressive side of things. And like, I want to make that clear because people always misinterpret everything. Mm-hmm. I don't like violence. I like the notion that as human beings we have a primal nature oh, absolutely. and I like to tap into that because this is a doggy dog world absolutely. and I want to be able to understand so there's a guy Jordan Peterson you ever heard of him?
1: Uh I don't think
0: so. So he's fantastic and I don't want to I don't want to say something he didn't say but it's something along the lines of uh well he did say the most attractive men are men who are who are Protective and safe and, 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 and um, disciplined, but yeah. dangerous. Absolutely. So, and, it, and there was also another video I watched where good leaders, meaning good, uh, well-intentioned leaders, are not soft. They understand what a bad leader is, yes. and they can match that. Yes. So when it comes down to, to go time and some other leader is trying to wipe out his country, he's like, really now? You do well by me, no problem, but if you want shit to happen, shit's going to happen. So I think on an individual level, for instance, I love martial arts because if anything, you don't have to overcompensate. You know what you're capable of and you never have to use it. You're not the person to go out and start something. Yep. But you know what you can do if you need to. Absolutely. And you uh, you might only need to do that once in your life. But that one time can save your life. It can save your children's life. It can save your husband's life. Yes. Your like you know, I mean? Even <laughs> if he knows how to protect himself, he might not be looking. Someone might come behind a corner. Whatever it is, it's not even just about the idea of fighting. It's more about the discipline and confidence it gives you as a person.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I love that. I because love that. Because
1: it, it, it actually takes up... Okay, knowing how to overpower someone mm-hmm. okay takes a lot more takes a lot more less discipline than having the knowledge and not doing it does that make sense I, 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 it's like this when you learn martial arts <clears throat> if you don't want to control that within you and you're not disciplined enough then it's just violence Mm-hmm. But having the ability to literally knock someone out, but knowing how to control that and only tapping into that as a last resort, that's the beauty in the sport. That's the beauty in being able to literally obliterate someone but choosing not to, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: but I mean, I mean, it makes you 10 times more confident.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Especially. that's why when you mention the first part, about what is attractive, right? Because there are people that they're just dangerous. Mm-hmm. You don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like it's okay to be around them because mm-hmm. they have literally become a liability. Because any little thing, they want to throw fists, they want to throw hands, and it's just not safe. It's just straight up dangerous.
0: But what's funny is those people are usually never, have. I would say large majority of the time those people have no martial arts experience oh no no no! because those are people who right those people are just (laughs) people who want to cause harm to people and they're overcompensating for some other issue maybe they were hit as a kid or they were bullied or whatever it is exactly and they just look for any opportunity to hurt other people to prove themselves but the best part is when they get their asses kicked by somebody who really you know what i mean when you have like on youtube you'll have like this amateur boxer who just manages who's better than the other amateur boxers and then the pro walks in and knocks him the fuck out and he shuts up like he's done and that's the best part probably like someone else comes in and teaches him what's up that's the best. well because
1: once again it for you to get to that level it also takes humility just Mm -hmm. once again just being able to do it doesn't mean you have to because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have to. Because now you understand that you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to, bro, I'm living my life. I don't need to live yours. And I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Because a lot of times you'll be in where people are like, well, well, let's see what you can do. And I'm like, my man, you don't want to see what I can do. <laughs> you might not wake up until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But the reason why I got into jujitsu, actually, um, I
0: was going to ask you that. So,
1: my one of my bestest friends, we've been friends since we were fourteen. He introduced me to jujitsu when I was I was twenty two. Mm-hmm. I had just came back from Bible school in California. I did a seminary, uh, seminary for two years after college, and. One day, he was like, Larissa, you should come, like, train with us. Like, I just started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You should totally come. I think you're going to like it because, you know, you're kind of aggressive. Uh, So you should come. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. So I go. And I loved it. Because, number one, especially being a woman in a male-dominated sport. Mm -hmm. It's already such an accomplishment. And to be able to keep at it. And honestly, when you first start, especially people look at me and they're like, Oh, she's so little. She's so just small. That's the
0: beauty of it though. <laughs> exactly. Because it's you underestimate people. It's the best. All part. the time. And in jujitsu, yeah.
1: it's so much more in the technique than your size. Mm-hmm. You know. So I started in jujitsu. I loved it. But then I tore my left ACL. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't roll for a while. And it took me a while to get surgery. I would come back every now and then, but then it got worse. Finally, I had surgery. And then after that, I went back. And I was in law school, so I couldn't go all the time. So it was on and off until I was done with law school. And then I was able to focus more in it because it's something that to me, it helps me relax. Um, a lot of people, when they first start, they don't focus on their breathing. So they're just like, ah, 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 and you're dying or guessing out because you didn't control it. And it's funny because, especially now, people will roll with me, even if they're bigger, and even if they can get like top position you can get people so much more frustrated for the fact that you don't react the way that they expect people to react than if we're just like trying to muscle them and trying to do whatever. And to me, it's just, I just breathe. It's a great way for me to just breathe and think clearly. And uh, I'm about to have my second ever competition at a Pan Am's in Orlando.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, October.
0: Take them first. first. You're going in that. You're not taking (laughs) third.
1: Listen, I'm you're I, about
0: to beat that guy's ass in the car. You're not getting second place.
1: You know what I mean? I, I have to get first now because mm-hmm. I'm on your podcast mm-hmm. and people are going to hear this. So now I I'm going to have I, to
0: give I also a, would love update. to put, I, listen, I would also like to put it up. I mean, I think if you, <laughs> when you get first place. I'll we'll let just you know. Put, yeah? okay, <laughs> you.
1: Awesome. So we're about to have this competition and for, I'm okay. So I have this tattoo mm-hmm. and it's a wolf and it's the second tattoo that I ever got. And people are like, oh, why did you get a wolf? And if you look at wolves and if you know anything about wolves, they are pack animals. And usually lone wolves, they don't last very long because they depend on their pack. And it's not even like a codependency thing, but it's a matter of respecting each person's strengths and weaknesses. And to me, tribe pack is something super important. For me, the people that are around me, the the vibe is super important. Mm. And with the jujitsu community, it's very much that you have a pack, and I love that. I the have family. my little pack. Oh, absolutely! Like shout out to like uh, Fight Sports Deerfield because that's where I train. Um, I love training there. I love the vibe there. I love the feeling of community there, and it's just you feel at home. And even though. Saturdays open mats, you can almost be killing somebody and just going at it. There's just so much respect because especially when you roll, you can't have an ego Mm -hmm. because the moment that your ego gets in, that's when you get hurt or you hurt someone else. But the moment that you put your ego aside, it is just respect. You respect the mat. You respect your opponent. And that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, and to me, jujitsu became even more significant. I think I would say in between 2017 and 2018, because I was married before uh, to my first husband, and he became extremely aggressive and he was very abusive. And during that time, I would only feel safe when I was on the mat. And people are like, Larissa, but you could be his ass. Like you were... Yeah, to like,
0: be honest. I was thinking that.
1: Uh, <laughs> exactly.
0: Why did you go? I mean, was that not something you did?
1: But that's the thing. Uh, and it goes into actually what I work a lot with today. I, um, in my practice, I work a lot with victims of domestic violence. Because most people have that same reaction. And that's the reaction that I used to have. I'm like, why don't you beat his ass? Or why don't you leave? Why don't you walk away? But most people that have not been in that situation do not understand the chemical rewiring that abuse does to a person. That outside, and we're talking earlier about what you see on Instagram. The pictures were beautiful. Everything looked great. When we were in public, everything was phenomenal. And I've always been that kind of wife that I will stick by you. Mm -hmm. And nobody could ever talk about you because you're my husband and because I'm a, I'm a pack girl, Mm -hmm. I will beat anyone that comes against mine. Even if at home is a completely different story. So to reverse that chemistry in my brain was like too much money in therapy. Uh, But to get to that point that you are secure enough to know That what was happening was wrong. It was not justified because he was your husband. No, that was not love. Mm -hmm. No, that was not him showing you that he loved you and you had to learn a lesson. No, that was a sickness and you were a victim Mm -hmm. and now you're a survivor and that is okay. And jujitsu helped me a lot to get that strength back and self-confidence back to... I remember...
0: Wow, that's so powerful, honestly. <laughs> wow.
1: A couple of years ago, I was out with my friends. Actually, my friends that live in Brooklyn right now, Monica and John. Uh, and my friend Alex, Chad, Olivia, we weren't out. We are friends since law school. And we're going out in Fort Lauderdale. And we're at this bar. And as we're getting out, this guy just picks a fight. He's super drunk. Mm-hmm. And security is like, listen, he is friends with the owner. He comes here every single day. He gets trash." He's gonna cause a problem. It's just better for you guys to leave. So we're like, fine. We're leaving. And this guy literally beelines toward my friend. And I'm like, bro, relax. Like, relax. And they're already walking ahead. I'm I was trying to get my other friend that had stayed behind. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the middle. And He's like, no, no, who do you think you are? And, of course, he's drunk. By the way, he is definitely over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And he went to push me. And I'm like, this man is... But you're your taller mind, than me. But in your
0: mind, you were probably so excited because you're like... So yeah. excited! You're like, I get to do this! <laughs> Because he gives you no other choice? Exactly. And you're like, yeah. Exactly. So
1: he tries to push me, mm-hmm. but I'm smaller than him. So I literally just go under his arm, mm-hmm. up to his neck, and I literally jump a guillotine on him. And I just like jump into the ground. And I just jump him. You
0: just put him on the ground and you yeah. wow, good shit. So It's amazing.
1: Jiu-Jitsu get me that confidence. To, it's not even <clears throat> about the fighting. It's By about, the way,
0: you probably could have gotten that on video. You probably could have found...
1: <laughs> As women... You're literally raised, uh, well, at least when I was growing up, you're raised watching Disney movies, mm-hmm. which the older ones taught you that you're frail, you're fragile, you need Prince Charming to come save you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cinderella. Wow, well, Cinderella, you know, she was all like in the basement cleaning and being in That's servitude. What was. That's what
0: it was back then.
1: it but this is the thing, Right. when you understand on both sides, when you understand that, number one, there are still some women that expect that, like to be saved, which me personally, I don't agree with the notion of being saved. I believe in the notion of adding to, mm-hmm. and when you see the notion of adding to, then uh, physiological traits, they kind of lose its glimmer mm-hmm. because to me, the more you get to know someone from the inside out, the more beautiful they literally become. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people they are dropped that gorgeous. And the more they talk, the more you just want to punch them <laughs> in the mouth because there's no substance.
0: That, uh, that's a, by the way, that's a thing. And I'm going to upset people with this concept, but <laughs> There's a big thing about people being overly attractive and not bringing much else to the table. Yes. That's a very common thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> and
0: it's pretty frustrating because, I mean, I wouldn't say it's frustrating because it doesn't really affect my life, but you look at it sometimes and you're like, if you didn't have those good genetics, you would have to work a lot harder than you do. Yes. <laughs> so just to just understand that, and, and you're, you're, those looks are going to fade one day
1: exactly get a degree
0: find a thing that you enjoy do something yes because those looks you're not going to have that for the rest of your life absolutely so and i'm not just talking about women here i'm talking about men and women there are plenty of men that just skate by because they're unbelievably attractive i mean you know what at the end of the day whatever works right no
1: absolutely whatever
0: works but like
1: but understanding that i think plays a huge role Mm -hmm. because this is the thing if i'm a woman and i am trying to choose a mate and i'm like oh let me go for the most attractive guy okay please understand in your head coming into this that he might not be the smartest Mm -hmm. so what is most important to you when choosing like what is your Mm non-negotiable is it the looks or is it the substance Mm -hmm. because once again if the looks is what what it does for you and you don't need it girl do what you gotta do more power to you who cares but if the substance is more important then like i said looks become kind of irrelevant like Mm -hmm. man if if you can find a man that is good looking has a job and he also uh is smart as far as those criteria are concerned in that order good for you Mm -hmm. you just won the 1950s lotto, okay?
0: Why 1950s? You just thrown it out there.
1: Well, because that's when people used to care about men making all the money in the household.
0: I mean, I think I would say, I, this is also a controversial topic. And, and I, I haven't taken a, uh, what's the word? I'm lo- losing the word. I haven't taken a survey on this. Mm-hmm. But I would say for the most part, a lot of men and women kind of, like that old school structure oh, absolutely. and i'll tell you for for me i love an independent woman but i still like to feel like the man in a sense
1: but that's the balance so,
0: right i'm just saying that's me like i i want a strong woman who will tell me what's up who will tell me if she's upset i want a woman who speaks her mind i don't want a woman who who, who just does everything i say right i'm not attracted to that but at the same time, I want a woman that kind of sees me as her man as opposed to like, it's not an inequality thing. Right. It's more of like, I want to feel masculine. Yes. So in a sense, I do see things differently because I'm not saying I disagree with you no, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might. But ultimately, yeah, there's some women who are like, you're not man and I'm woman, we're just people. And I'm like, I have a bit of a I I think differently. I do think there is an idea of, Masculine energy and feminine Absolutely. energy. Right. So that doesn't mean that, for instance, you do jujitsu, jiu- you can kick, I'm sure you can kick many dudes' asses. And I can jiu- cook right. and
1: I can clean and I can do laundry. Okay. Right. And when people ask me, once again, for a quote unquote alpha female, mm-hmm. for me, the biggest accomplishment that I want for my life mm-hmm. is to be a mom. It's not to make a million dollars. It's literally to be a mother. And that's why I said, I don't believe in equality. Because in a way, uh, and once again, uh, mad alert, I do believe in certain gender roles. I don't yeah, agree yeah. with all of them, but I, but there's some of them that I do address. Yeah, you're
0: going to upset a shit ton of people. Because... I, I, happen to feel, <laughs> I happen to feel that way too. I think that there's a beauty to that. I think when we take... Absolutely. When we try to make men women and women men and all that, like, because... Like I say, I go back to saying I think most women are attracted to the idea of a man, right? Yes. And you know, for instance, I, I said this in a different episode. When you watch a show like Vikings or, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, <sighs> uh, Game of Thrones, Spartacus. right? Spartacus. A big attraction, and not just for women, but an attraction is that kind of medieval, primal. Yes. You know, men with swords and big muscles and hairy yes. chests, and they're just you know, and they take they take over and conquer and whatever. That, and, and it's funny because nowadays we would look at that as a terrible thing. It's not peaceful. You know, we, we want more of this pacifist society. But why are we so drawn to that? That's the that's, the, that's, that's the the real fuckery question. of all of it. And I, <laughs> my answer is that by nature, when it comes down to all of it, when we cut the grass, we, met as as tough as a woman might be for you, you know, oh, for absolutely. instance, you, you still want to be that mother. So, Absolutely. right. So like as much as so that's why in a sense I think feminism has its pros, but when it starts to kind of take men and just shit on them constantly, I think I think they're missing the boat there.
1: Completely and I think, missing and, the boat. And
0: I and another thing I, I, I heard I'm a big Joe Rogan fan and he was discussing the idea that there are men that just try to attract women by claiming that they're feminist. But, but it, but, in actuality, they become so female, like women oh, yeah. don't find them attractive no. because they don't speak they don't have their own opinion, they're just going to say, oh well, it's well Sally says it. you there's you you, you, you listen there's it's nothing the attractive there's nothing attractive about it be
1: BM- like right. and this is it's the thing, and I think when we go back to like the balance, right, you want a woman that's independent, but don't take away masculinity. What does that really mean? This is what it really means when you watch the movie three hundred mm-hmm. That's what balance looks like. Okay. That is a badass king that will literally fuck you up one, two, like no thought. But,
0: but current culture sees that as like the worst thing in the world. But, but, yet, but yet that sells like crazy. No, no,
1: no. It, but then you look at the queen. Before he made his decision, he looked at her. He that's wanted true. her input. That is so true. He didn't just silence her because he was the king. Mm -hmm. and that's why she had the balls to say to this man that just like barged into their space only real woman you know only real woman give birth to smart man like only us Mm-hmm. give birth to real man mm-hmm. because the king knows his role and the queen knew her role they knew their strengths they knew their weakness and they like respect that. each other for it
0: you couldn't have said i couldn't you have know what better. i mean so
1: it's couldn't not better. a matter of like listen i can kick ass mm-hmm. any day of the week mm-hmm. but you best believe that if i go out to a restaurant mm-hmm. and some guy try to like come talk to me and be disrespectful i'm gonna give my man mm-hmm. the first dibs on kicking his ass
0: that's all i wanted to know you know that's what i mean all i was curious about like you I know, he's don't... Gonna, your man's gonna be very happy here. <laughs> he's gonna be like yeah he's gonna be thrilled
1: because listen <clears throat> i believe that i can But there's something about wisdom and knowing when you should and you shouldn't. Yeah,
0: like for me, I would be like if if the the next girl that I'm I'm dating hopefully soon, if I know that she can fight or protect herself, but she gives me that ability, meaning she wants me to, because that's important to me. I want to be able to protect her. No, but as the man, I I, I need to feel that. Yes. If If that's taken away from me, I don't feel manly anymore. Yes. So I want her to be able to, don't get me wrong i'm very that's very sexy to me but at the same time i want to be able to do that so like Absolutely. if i don't have if she's just taking care of taking care of it herself while i'm there it's like
1: <sighs> people it takes away from a bambian man okay mm-hmm. it just does it just does We're at the, the end of the day page. and also for example we talked about this earlier i make my own money you best believe if i want it i got it mm-hmm. but when i'm in a relationship I'm gonna give you once again the first place. Like, do you want to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Like, you can do all of that. Mm-hmm. But also, I want him to feel comfortable enough that if he can't, he's not ashamed of telling me, baby, I don't get it today. Mm-hmm. Can you handle this? Because then there is this lit- literal balance of him respecting the fact that any kind of relationship that we have is a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be with you. You don't have to be with me. And once we choose to be together, we respect each other's abilities and we respect each other's weaknesses. It's a
0: great equilibrium. You know? That's a great great balance. And
1: when, like, um, he's an MMA fighter. And when we train, it's so funny because we no longer compete with each other. Because in the beginning, it was like a competition because Mm -hmm. I'm very competitive Mm -hmm. and he's extremely competitive. But now it's a matter of like respecting each other's abilities. He's a higher belt than me. I look up to him in his position because Mm -hmm. he is superior than me in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to like business and when it comes to like building something, he does look up to me because of what I have built so far. And there's no shame and not having the same strengths.
0: You both have your admiration for each other. Abs- and that's but, the thing, but admiration. Would you say, but would you say you'd be attracted to a guy who was lazy or didn't have like this thing that drove him?
1: Okay, lazy is where I draw the line.
0: Right. And I think that's, <laughs> and to be honest, I think that's most women. I think men are care less for me. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. I can't stand lazy. But And I'm not going to say I don't have my lazy moments, but for the large majority of my day... Moments not, is different than life. Yeah, no, I'm not a lazy person by nature, not at all. You so, know. So I think, and I think most people are not attracted to that. Maybe if they're lazy, they want a lazy person subconsciously, but especially I, I, I think, and you're the lady here, so you tell me. That's a big no-no for most because that oh, yeah. that equates to he probably can't provide for me. Prob I probably can't rely on him. I don't reliance really, reliance. And then you worry that your kids might have the same problem. Exactly. And then you have to, you have that fight where you're trying to push the kids to get you done. He's saying, Oh no, tell, tell your mom to relax. It's yes. fine. And you have that rift. Whereas if you both were on the same page, your kids will become rock stars.
1: Exactly. You know, absolutely. I, I think that's key. And, and what you said, it comes, the key, key thing is the reliance because reliance is the base for everything else. The financial aspect, the kids that if I cannot rely on you, OK, in the smallest thing, like, for example, listen, I'm I'm running late. I need to take out the trash, which is something so basic. But if you can't do that and I have to constantly tell you about this one thing that to you, it's just the trash in a woman's brain. Literally, it translates as unreliable. You don't keep your word. I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. I can't depend on you. Oh, my God. Oh my God, red flags, red flags. Mm -hmm. This is going to go down the shitter, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because for us, we like the majority of women, or at least I can speak for myself. I pick up on the details for me. Consistency in your behavior is key, Mm -hmm. especially in the first 90 day trial period. I want to see your consistencies. And this is the thing too. Uh, if you don't do something, that is you being consistently inconsistent.
0: Consistently inconsistent. I like that.
1: Because a lot of people don't understand that lack of action also speaks volume.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, you know? I'm a big proponent of that. Oh, and also, yes. I think also a lot of people that start out in relationships want their significant other to, to think they're perfect and then wants to get comfortable enough. That's where everything goes down the tube because they're like, oh, yeah. ah, they're comfortable enough with me. Now I can show them the real me. And then the real me is either someone who just constantly strives yep. or someone who's just like just coasting yeah and and i'm not and like i said i i like to say these things because i truly believe them yes absolutely and i'm someone who who i i can confidently say implements them on a daily basis i couldn't care less if people like no i think most people who know me would agree and if they don't fuck it exactly because I, <laughs> I know i know what i'm going to do anyway but ultimately it's you know, I'm 26, so sometimes I have these things where I'm like, I'm 26, can I really go out and say that when I have, I have so much more to learn? It's like,
1: yeah, yeah, you I know can. what,
0: fuck it. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much we talked about. But <laughs> I think I think if I were to take anything away from this, I think, I mean, there's so many things to take away from it, but balance is so important. And unrespecting. respecting.
1: Not only just balance, but <clears throat> what, we keep going back to the same point. Mm-hmm. you don't have to fit into the same box that everybody wants to be in. Because there are so many women that don't think like me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, and actually most women, and most of my guy friends are like, Larissa, you think like a dude. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think like a male because most males don't even think like I do. Mm-hmm. Because I truly believe in just not being in a box. I truly believe... And not having to be what everyone expects you to be because of your gender, nationality, cultural background, your profession, your this, your that, and the other thing. I'm like, I I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because those are just like aspects of my person, but they don't have to just put me in this little box. And it's the same with relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a jealous person. Mm -hmm. And people are like, you're Brazilian. How are you not jealous? I'm like... Just because i'm brazilian doesn't mean i have to be jealous for me the most important thing is respect mm-hmm. if i go out and somebody's hitting on my man mm-hmm. listen props to you girl i'll be hitting on him too <laughs> you know what i care about is how does he react right how does he go about that and once she knows he has a girl what does she do because if both of them respect that information then i don't need to put my hands on nobody you know it's it's a matter of respect and Mm -hmm. most people assume that because i'm brazilian because i'm latina because i'm an alpha like female i am this like and i'm like uh no Mm -hmm. because or else i'll have to be on xanax all the time (laughs) and i don't want to (laughs) so i choose to have a conscience that goes beyond my little bubble and i choose to like bro listen You've been cheating, you want to go ahead and cheat. That's that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Literally, it is your problem, not mine.
0: I mean, you wouldn't be hurt uh, by that.
1: This is the thing. It's <laughs> and not. This is it crazy.
0: is no, no. But it's it is not. I personally, thank God, I have no experience with that. I have. Right. so I, I have been cheated on. Right. So I can happily say I've never done it, and I strongly believe it's never happened to me. So I don't have... <laughs> yeah, I really don't. The, the girls I've dated were, were really good people, and I, I can't imagine that happened. But um, so I don't know. I personally don't have the experience.
1: I believe in being straightforward. Uh, guess what? I'm a alpha female. Mm-hmm. I have my own business. I run shit. But guess what? When I come home, I don't want to make decisions. Mm-hmm i don't want to decide i hate when guys are like what do you want to eat
0: yeah let uh, me tell you a secret no woman wants that okay no one i that.
1: don't want to make a decision and if you really want an input give me two choices don't give me the world when i go
0: when i go to a restaurant and i'm dating somebody i always kind of like want to cut the menu and like one fourth so there's only yes. like three items and then i'm like all right go get the fish perfect like yeah most most, most and i love
1: them. i love when a guy like i'm like oh baby like i want to eat this but i don't want to tell the waitress that i wanted that i want to to tell the waitress what i want mm-hmm. and i want you to order my wine too or my caipirinha! i don't know surprise me and it goes back to like no i don't feel less of a woman if i don't pick where i go eat or if i don't pick my food mm-hmm. no I actually feel cared for as a woman if my That's man knows me enough mm. to pick what I want to eat.
0: I think I think the most alpha woman, in a funny way, like to be, you know, have a, have a man make decisions at oh, some absolutely. points. Yeah,
1: please, yeah. dear God, yeah, I'm yeah. exhausted.
0: That's it. I That's am it.
1: exhausted. When I get home, you know what I want to do? Mm-hmm. I want to wash my dishes. <laughs> you know why I want to wash my dishes? Because it requires zero brain power. Okay, ah, uh, guess what? When I get home, I want to just cuddle up to my <clears throat> big man mm-hmm. and just let him take care of me for those. Like, <laughs> and it does not make me feel any There's less independent. There's a comedian,
0: Ali Wong. I don't know if you ever heard I of her.
1: love Ali.
0: So, she's ex- she I literally describes Ali. you, she describes yes. you.
1: Yes, I do not want to lean in. I want to lay down. Yeah, she, okay? describes it. she
0: describes you to a <laughs> like... T. You're, you're the woman she just, she explains when she talks about it.
1: Yes, I totally agree with her when she yeah. talks about, you know, women really messed this up. You guys wanted independence and all this. And I'm like, dude, they literally used to pay our bills. I just had to That's stay home. That's the
0: negative to the, fe- to the feminist thing is that, like, you take away from that where, like, men are kind of just, like, you know they're not men anymore and and, and then it's ironic cuz those men never really get any anyway like they have no choices and they think that they're joining the reform You're but not. but those men are just being shoved to the side and the old school men are the ones that the women are still going after cuz it's always yes. no matter how many reforms and changes and this and that and it's not that there aren't good things that came out of it not but absolutely. when you try to take away from the idea of a masculine man A woman by nature is still going to go to that masculine man at the end of the day. It's a
1: biological response. It's not only that, it's a hormonal response, okay? Pheromones and all. Please look it up, Mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, seriously, people, seriously, I'm thinking to myself, listen, there is a beauty, once again, in being able to but not having to. Mm -hmm. It does not make me any less. And the same for men because – I think that the feminist movement came from maybe a thought that men just thought that women had to just bear children. Like, you're only good for that. Hmm. But then at the same time, when men respect women's ability of just being like whatever it is. Listen, guess what? Men cannot have babies. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a dick that's just the bottom line
0: yeah, it's, you know.
1: that's just the bottom line it doesn't matter how many dildos i buy it is just <laughs> not the same it's just not i'm sorry just not okay and for me to just want to fight this battle about like equality i'm like listen it is not equality that i'm after i want to be respected right. in my capacity in my strengths and in my weaknesses, I want to be respected. Mm-hmm. I want to be respected for owning a law firm. But I also want to be acknowledged and respected to the fact that, listen, if I roll with a 200-pound man, mm-hmm. he's most likely going to overpower me because I'm smaller, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely okay. This idea that I have to like fight with the guy to be the same as he. I'm never going to be the same. And Uh I don't want to be the same. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the same as a dude. I have no intentions, even in like anything, because Mm -hmm. once again, I believe that even being a woman, I can still be successful Mm -hmm. within my realm, within my thing Mm -hmm. as an, as an immigration attorney. Mm -hmm. I believe that I can be just as successful as a male immigration attorney because listen, In this situation, anything that you can do, I can do better. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe in that competitive, in that sense, I can totally strive to match you in that round because that's my thing too. Mm -hmm. But as far as everything else, I'm like, bro, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. I just don't care enough to have my man like, stay at home and raise my kids. No, I don't want my man to stay at home and raise my kids unless that is something that literally we sat down and we agreed upon for whatever the si- whatever reason mm-hmm. between the two of us. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to just come into a relationship and be like, yo, ma, I don't do anything.
0: I mean, you're not going to... Most women are probably a- not not attracted to men who take care of the kids. There are some... They're, they're, it happens. It happens that way. But I think the majority don't want it that way.
1: Because there's something about... Listen, there yeah. is something about a guy that will literally tell me, mm. call me on my bullshit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because listen, being alpha and all, I can roll my mouth all day.
0: Yeah, it's tiring after a while. Huh?
1: But it takes a real man mm-hmm. to come to me and be like, bullshit. <laughs> I respect the shit out of that. I respect a man that'll be like, no. Say no to me. That's what every woman wants. Like, say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah but then so true like tell me why you're saying no because then i number one i at least have the floor to explain to you why i'm thinking this way and we can have a conversation mm-hmm. and then make a decision but i don't i don't want a yes man no,
0: no, no. and i don't
1: want to be shut down 90, either 90 you 99. know
0: what i mean you, like you want the balance respect
1: yeah. It all comes down to respect
0: mm-hmm. well larissa it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's been a long, it's been a long, long talk, and you, you know, you had a lot to say, and I'm, I'm glad to have given you that platform. Thank you so I, much. I hope you had a good time.
1: Absolutely, you're a funny guy. Thank you. <laughs> I try, I
0: try. So, without further ado, we're going to wrap things up today. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming. Hopefully, we can do another episode in the future.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for the invite.
0: Absolutely. Due to Jackie, all, all props go to Jackie.
1: And the amazing—I've only met Jackie once.
0: Really? Yeah, she said. With with the dancing.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I love dancing. Great. She's really great.
0: So <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So guys, tune into the next episode. I'm your host, Rafi Pinski. Until next time.